What's up? Welcome back to the Dorn Podcast. This is episode 91, and today we are interviewing Jessica Hoddle. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Hey friends, it's Erin here with the Dorn Podcast. We just wanted to jump in today before the episode and let you know that we are praying for you um, amidst this uncertainty and craziness caused by the coronavirus and just give you a little bit heads up at um, what you can expect from Adorn Podcast over the next few weeks. We have some interviews and some um, just kind of different paced episodes. We decided that it would be the perfect timing to do just some encouragement and recentering on who God is to help us to keep our eyes on him during this time and not get distracted by everything else that's going on. So keep an eye out for um, just a few different episodes over the next few weeks. And then once everything settles, we'll be jumping right back into Matthew. Okay, so we are very excited today to have Jessica Hoddle with us. Hi, Jessica. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we are so glad you're here on our computer through Skype. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. I am, at the time of this recording, 32. I've been married for almost four years. I met my husband on eHarmony. Um, and that's a funny story. I just love telling that story because people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. People think that I, I nobody the- meets that way, but it's like so many people do, but they just don't want to say it. Like yeah. they're so like <laughs> yeah. embarrassed about it or something like, why? Yeah. I'm like, no, definitely met on eHarmony. Uh, I have been passionate about helping women just way less emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And I put way less in quotations because it's not just about like body weight. It's about emotional things that we carry, trauma, the things that we experience, and just helping women actually process through them without holding on to them. Um, because we live in a world where it's just anxiety is normal and all these things, just busy life. It's just who we are anymore. And so I'm like, can we just unpack that a little bit and begin to experience freedom? And so weighing less just really means to work through the things that kind of hold us down and keep us in, in bondage. And that really started when I, you know, I didn't know the Lord until I was about 21, 22. And that's when I accepted him as my savior. So I don't come from a church background. I didn't even know who God was or what any of that meant. It was very curious to me when people would talk about it. Uh, So when I started my business at the same time, it was this kind of transition of my body was a tool that I used to help um, grow in quotations, my business. And so basically I would, you know, also give my body to men in different areas. And so really I was just kind of trying to find who I was in everything else except Jesus. And even after I had uh, accepted Jesus, I didn't know really what any of the scripture meant. I was kind of one of the ones that would open the Bible and go, okay, this, this is really cool. This is like a good feel, like a feel good scripture. And then I would kind of check, check it off the list. Maybe I'd go to church like once every while or tithe in once in a while. And so the Lord really kind of, I mean, matured me over the years. And when I really started to see that so much of who I was, was in what I weighed, who I dated, and everything else except him. And, and so that's why 
I'm so passionate about now of just helping women in all of those areas because I've been able to kind of, in every sense of the word, overcome so many different things. Mm. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's we good. love hearing like how the Lord has given different women different passions for different specific things, and we tend to look around and say, "Okay, she's passionate about that. I guess I should be passionate about that," or "She's passionate about this," or "Look at how the Lord's using her." And it's just it's really cool and encouraging to see women who like feel so grounded in what God has for them specifically, and to just like keep walking forward and not look left or right, but just like that Jesus, this is what you have for me, and walk boldly in that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Stay in your lane type of deal. Yeah. I love it. Yep, that's awesome. So what's one thing that God's been teaching you in this current season um, about himself? For me, I'm in a season now where, I mean, like I was talking about the maturity of even scripture where I would just pick out one scripture. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should just read maybe a passage. And then I would read a chapter. So it was like these progressions. Like I didn't start out just like, give me the meat. Like I want to know everything. It was what, how can I mature in this and how can I grow? Because a lot of it was, you know, Romans talks about the spirit's lust against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. And so that was really me a lot of the time because I was living in sin. I was living with boyfriends. I was having sex out of marriage. I was doing all of these things. And so really it was this war between what I thought I wanted and needed versus what his word says around his goodness and love. And so I just started to kind of go into that. And so now he's teaching me the depth of who he is. And so now when I'm reading scripture, it's in context. I want to know the commentary. It's what is this really saying versus what are we, what are we talking about it in the world? How are we taking this out of context? That is where I'm at of just the depth of who he is and what his heart is for. Mm. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, yes. yes and I think that's that's a really good word because like you're saying is you, not everybody starts with this like insane hunger for God's word, but like God can take the smallest like mustard seed of faith or mustard seed of desire for him. And he can grow that over time because I think a lot of times, again, we look at each other and we compare and we're like, wow, look at how great it is that Jessica, she reads commentaries. Like, I don't even know what a commentary is or, you know what I mean? And we look at each other and, and it's just a good word that this is a sanctification process and it's slow. And we, we often quote that verse in Corinthians where it says we're being transformed formed one degree of glory to the next and to not like compare our journeys with anyone else's, but just recognize like the Lord can take us from looking for scriptures for a, a feel good feeling and then turn that into over time, a real desire for more of who he is. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And it's taken 10 years just so you know, like it's not like that was, and that was a lot of me. So I don't want to say that's happened like in a couple years, even it was yeah. a 10 year process for me to get to this point of like, what are these footnotes? Like at the bottom of my Bible, uh-huh. what do they mean? Like yeah. cross references. Oh, okay. So like, you know, kind yeah, of that's awesome. Yeah. It takes time We're we live in such a culture that we talk about like Amazon prime and stuff. Everything uh-huh. is so immediate and we're about to talk about what it means to wait well. So this is perfect transition, yeah. Yeah. but you know, we're, <laughs> so used to having everything right at our fingertips immediately but remembering that the process of sanctification takes time and taking that long view is just so important it feels mm-hmm. so countercultural, but it's it's good yeah um so yeah. yeah that's good that's good awesome so we are like Casey said going to talk about waiting well so if you were to kind of explain to someone like what does it mean to wait well the, the Lord just kind of like dropped this on me is that it's contentment in God's truth without complacency in action. And that means I can stay 
Like I can, I know that his promises are victory. So even if right now it doesn't feel like victory, his promise is always victory. Right. And so I know that the work that I do in the Lord is, is not in vain. Mm. You know, like there are yeah. scriptures and promises that I hold on to in this, in this waiting season. And I think that what we don't really understand is that most of our life is spent in the waiting It is because yeah. it is, we plant a seed, right. And then we spend, spend time tilling the ground a lot you know, watering it and taking care of it. And then we have a harvest that might last for a moment, but even in the harvest, we still work. And so I think that we can still stand on God's truth without complacency and action, meaning we still have responsibility to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us will pray and we'll sit back and we use prayer as an excuse to not show up, to be obedient to the call and the seed that's been planted. And so with that, that really has been for me of I'm planting these seeds and I don't see anything and it's been five months or whatever, because we want to see it with our eyes to believe it. And that's where we, you know, it says to not walk by sight, but to walk by faith. And so that's really what it is, is that I can still tend the ground and still plant the seeds, even if my sight doesn't see it, but I know in faith that it's being nurtured and that at one point there might be a harvest, whatever that looks like coming. That's really good. It makes me automatically think of like discipleship relationships where we're like, man, I've been walking with this person for like a couple months and they still like are in sin. And you're like, well, okay. Like, like you're saying, like wait well. And that and often I think we think of waiting is like suffering. And sometimes yeah. it is. Sometimes waiting is a season of suffering. But I think that's a really good point is that waiting is, is lifelong. And so there's going to be mountain tops and there's going to be valleys and in both of them we're still in that already and not yet right of we're already saved but we're not yet in glorification in heaven with God and so that like like you're saying everything is has a degree of waiting to it that's good mm-hmm. as you were talking I was like oh wow so yeah essentially our whole life is waiting yeah. right for that glorification <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah um it's such such a good reminder that as we as we wait we need to remember who's in control of yeah. that final outcome. Like we're talking about, we're recording um, another episode today on Matthew 13. And it makes me think of like the parable of the sower. Like it's not our responsibility to um, determine what produces fruit. It's God's ultimate, yeah. you know, he's the one mm-hmm. that, that decides that our responsibility is just to sow those seeds exactly like what you were talking about. And so it's good. I think it's a good point too. Like you're saying, we need to continue to be obedient because a lot Mm -hmm. of times we'll be like, oh, well, I prayed about that. So now I'm just going to wait around until it happens. Like I think of an example of like someone's like, oh, well, I need money to do this thing. And so I prayed for it and I'm just going to wait around for it to happen. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, maybe God put right in front of you a job, Uber, go Uber and get some money. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I think that's a really good word is just waiting doesn't mean complacency waiting doesn't mean just sitting around that's That's so good good. so good so can you give us some um, specific examples of how this has kind of played out in your life and how God has taught you this through um, your own experiences yeah a lot of the experiences even recently some of them deal with my work and some of them deal with um, like even a church relationship where our pastor was going through a lot of things and to the outside it didn't um, my husband and I had had been asked to step down off a of leadership because of, you know, a relationship that he was in that he couldn't see at the moment that was very toxic. And so 
we were in this waiting period of for him to kind of see what was going on because it's really easy for the enemy to take love and to twist it and to really drive a wedge in on our insecurities and you know and all of that and so we went through this waiting season in our church for like eight or nine months where I was being persecuted in so many different ways and it would be really easy for me to leave and walk out and never go to church again And so I had to walk all of this out and he was still kind, but there were things and stuff that were happening. And I'm so thankful that there was the other leadership that we just all rallied kind of together and with him. Um, And so we didn't like leave him, but it was this process of eight or nine months of walking this out of something I didn't understand. And I was very upset about like, I mean, upset, but there was so much sanctification of growth in myself to work through my own insecurities of what like my own righteousness of what I thought was right and justice. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes in that waiting, it's a matter of pruning and cultivating, you know, things I didn't understand, but now that it came full revelation, I got to see God work in so many ways. And what we often think is a downgrade is usually an upgrade in faith. And so I got to see the full circle come when he had ended this relationship. It was just like, wow, none of that ever had anything to do with me or my character or my integrity. It was the hurt that was being caused to me. So that's just like one long, short example of, (laughs) you know, like the waiting um, process. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think if you would, like you said, you could have just left. And if you would have, you wouldn't have seen the fruit of everything. And that's usually our tendency. If something is hard or we feel like we're suffering or being attacked, our tendency is to just kind of flee the situation. And sometimes I'm not saying you never should do that. I mean, obviously you got to listen to what the spirit is telling you, but sometimes you're right. Like that's how God's really going to teach us about his character is through. I mean, if we look at the life of Jesus, like the life of Jesus is a a suffering servant. And so it makes sense that that's how the Lord's going to, we're going to, you know, learn most about him is going through things that he went through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And I, and I think another example is, you know, as far as like businesses, like I've had a lot of no's lately, rejections. I hate to say rejections because I feel like that's so personal. So I kind of like reframe them uh, because they're not rejecting me. Do you know what I Like to to disassociate of it's not a rejection against me. It's just not right now, not the time, you know, of just submitting things, not hearing back, getting a lot of no's from, and I wrote my first book last year and submitting proposals and just this not good enough feel of I'm doing the work, Lord. Why do I see all my other friends quote unquote on social media, <laughs> you know, doing the things that I've, that my heart I know desires and you call me to, why is everybody else getting a book deal or all these things, but not, not me. And that really just comes down to greed. You know, why are they getting it and not me as if I'm better than somebody. Uh, but that's another example of that doesn't characterize my call. Right. So even though I might be in this waiting and in cultivating and pruning season of getting rid of, because when we read John 15, the whole pruning process is so that we can bear more fruit. Right. He's a fruit bearer. Yeah. And so it's it's not that it even takes away things, it's that things happen so that we can become more like him. Uh-huh. Right. And so we can bear more fruit in whatever relationships, health, like all of those things. And so in this midst of just waiting in this process of growing in all of these no's in silence and you're not my type of people. I mean, there's so many things coming at me. I've had to redefine who I was and what people say to me and about me. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just like a whole other process too. So that's another example. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So we always like to go to scripture whenever we talk about anything. And so where do we see um, waiting well in scripture? Well, one, I, I just kind of dropped on me when I think about Ruth and Boaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did Ruth serve in the midst of waiting for her Boaz? She was a servant. Oh, yeah. Right? Like she served. And so I think that in the waiting, again, that's where we kind of, we still get to show up and do his work. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't call us to make Christians. He called us to make disciples. And so it goes back to our, how are we discipling? How are we serving others in the midst of waiting? And I think that's a beautiful picture. Another one that, of course, always gets me is David. You know, am I willing to tend the sheep before I become a king? Mm-hmm. You know, like the sheep is never too small for me. And, and that's, of course, just using it as an analogy. But, you know, am I willing to clean a toilet in my church before I speak at my church? Oh, that's good. Right? Like I'm never too good for cleaning a toilet. And that's yeah. just where the, where the Lord just humbles me constantly because there are people that clean toilets that is nothing wrong with it, but they keep us safe and healthy. Yes. You know, that we have that luxury of a clean toilet here because yeah. my husband and I go to Kenya and it's a lot different there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's just, you know, how he honored and served the king that he would replace. I mean, mm-hmm. think of that. You know, are we serving the people? And that goes all back to servanthood. Uh, another one was Joseph from the pit to the prison to the palace. Mm-hmm. How did he wait? And a lot of that is heart, posture, servanthood. And that's just a beautiful example. Joseph is Aaron's favorite. I love the story. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you said he called us to make disciples and not Christians because it's not our job to convert people. Uh Like it's the Holy Spirit's work, but he did call us to disciple the ones that he chooses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that's good. I like that. Yeah. I love that. We see this, like you're saying, you took examples like from Old Testament, because I think our tendency is to, to point to Jesus, who is the ultimate example. I mean, yes, but I feel like it's kind of sometimes the Sunday school answer to be like Jesus, but your (laughs) examples like our Old Testament. And I just, I love that because it reminds us something that we say on the show all the time is like the Old Testament is part of the Bible. Like, let's read it guys. Like we need to read Mm -hmm. all of scripture and we can take um, things away from these Old Testament stories that are still applicable to us today, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's so far, so long ago. So For I think sure. that's really good. Yeah, that is. Good. And I think Abraham too. I mean, yeah. he was waiting, but then he lost in. Then he lost patience, and then his wife was like, "Hey, like, why don't you just go have you know sex with our assistant and have us a kid?" You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and then you know what happened? God still honored that, but that wasn't God's will or purpose for him, even though he spoke promises over Abraham all the time to remind him when we get impatient, we want to make it happen and we want to create it. And so we can often see the results of patience because patience matures us. And so patience and impatience, we can see the result of each. And Abraham's a perfect example of that, Mm -hmm. right? Of what happens with impatience and what happens with patience. And then of course that, you know, when he was a hundred and she was 90, they had a kid and God's promise was faithful, you know, but he didn't waver at the promises of God through unbelief, scripture says, but he was strengthened in faith. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what encouragement would you give someone who is currently in the middle of waiting? Mm. One of like, probably the things I always say is that his word never returns void Mm. and that my testimony, I, I love this example is that, you know, when somebody is on trial, what do they need? They need a witness, 
Mm-hmm. And God's love is on trial. It's not uh, like we often think that, well, does God love me? Does God love me? It's not his love for us that's on trial. It's our love for him because the enemy is constantly trying to say, but did God's really say? Mm-hmm. And so it's that constant of, you know, do, do I love God? Does, does he really love me like he says he is? And so I think for me in that waiting process is that I get to be a witness for who he is and the goodness of who he is. And I get to stand on the truth because I know that the outcome is victory. And so, you know, I love the scripture in, in Romans two, when Paul is like, cause, cause the, they're trying to figure out like who to worship. They're like, okay, well, so-and-so saved us. And so-and-so planted the church. And he's like, who am I? Who is Apollos? I might've planted the church. One of, you know, he might've grown it, but God gave the increase, you know? And then we see in Galatians about sowing and reaping. And I think those are the scriptures that I hold true to my heart of to not unweaver, to address my unbelief and to address my doubt. Because when I can go to his word and read those, you know, in first Corinthians, it says, I do not labor in vain. Like those are promises. Like I don't have to worry about the result when I can still show up and I know that I'm, I'm called. I know he's going to take care of it. Do you have any resources that you would recommend if someone wants to like be more encouraged about this? Well, one is always community because going through my process, it was having a small group, doesn't have to be big, whether it's a small group, you know, you go to a church or somebody that is held accountable or or whoever that you can be honest and real with during the process. Somebody that allows you to experience what you're experiencing, but also brings truth to it. So not somebody that just validates what you feel, Yes, right? Uh But that challenges the truth to what you are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important, especially because our, our pastor, he always says he'll always like, if we come to him, he's like faith, time, and patience. So now it's like the leadership. We're always like faith, time, and patience. Like, (laughs) it's like this thing, but he's always kind of speaking that to us, you know, of like faith, time, like have those close to your heart. Cause that is what it's about. And so definitely community and the waiting well, um, you just scripture for me, like yeah. knowing what his promise, like you can't go wrong. I know it's so cliche to say, we'll go read your Bible, but we're, we're trying to know who we are without opening our Bible. Mm-hmm. Cause we're going to social media. Tell me who I am. Tell me what I should believe. Tell me all these things. And then we're frustrated, lost and confused in the waiting process without holding on to the promises of God. Yeah. I haven't read this yet, but Casey and I both have been feeling like we need to read this. So I'm going to, I wonder if you've read it. It's called, um, a long obedience in the same direction. Never read it. No, I haven't even heard of that one. It's Eugene Peterson. We've heard several mm. people refer to it lately. We're like, maybe God's trying to tell us. Yeah. Something. I feel like it would go well with this. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would. Um, yeah. okay. So we're going to end with a fun question. Um, and that question is what is something you are looking forward to right now? Oh, looking forward to, this sounds so, I love this summer. Okay. So I'm in Pennsylvania and it's been cloudy like every day, I feel like. (laughs) And so this summer for me is when my husband and I go golfing, we play tennis. Like I'm outside every day. Let's go bike riding. Like that is something that I look forward to all the time. Like it's just something I'm like, let's go, you know, wherever it is so yeah definitely the outdoors for me here in the summer since it's like two months of warm weather yes (laughs) yes well you should come visit us in austin because we have lots of warm weather yeah and we love being outside all the time (laughs) we could show you some awesome places yes Yes. i'm definitely looking forward to that (laughs) 
Great. Well, thank you so much yes, for coming on the show. So fun. It's been a joy to hear um, what God's doing in your life. And um, I'm sure it'll be an encouragement to everyone listening. It was super encouraging to me. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Join us in two weeks for a special Easter episode. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have our friend Katie Cobbs on for some special music as Aaron and I read scripture. So it's going to be good, and we would love for you to tune in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.